We live in a world of technology and gadgets, but there is no substitute for a living and breathing dad who's invested in and involved in the life of his family. I mean, there is no electronic device. There are no downloadable apps that can wear the plaid Bermuda shorts with the dark socks and the dress shoes and mow the lawn while all the cars drive by and the kids hide inside the home. There is no substitute for the real thing. So many of you fathers tuning in today have done or are doing a great job, and we want to commend you on that. But all of us dads, I think, would acknowledge that there are plenty of areas in which we can do better. And so we turn our attention today as we continue on in this series on the book of Proverbs by remembering who and why this collection of wisdom was written. Proverbs 1.8 in the opening chapter says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And you know, several times Solomon starts a chapter in Proverbs with my son. 23 different times in the book he refers to fathers. 49 times he refers to son or sons. And we have learned that the book of Proverbs was primarily penned by Solomon, but that he wrote it for his son. And it was shared with all of his sons and daughters. It was his effort for his children to make the application to their very own lives. Now, on Father's Day, our minds are in many different places, right? I mean, you just can't pin down one place. Some of those thoughts are positive, maybe of a great dad that you had, or perhaps of how well your husband is doing as a father. And others, well, they're not so positive. Uh, maybe it's a dad who simply saw you for what you could do in the classroom or on the field or in the family business. And maybe it seems that you were more of a means to an end or more of a trophy as opposed to real flesh and blood. Maybe your dad wasn't a believer and so you had to kind of find your own way to faith. And I also realized that sometimes holiday sermons can even seem more painful than pleasant as we don't always have the greatest of memories. Uh, maybe you're a dad and your mind is, is afraid that you're not measuring up and, and that you are failing as a father. Well, rest assured that today our focus is not going to be to beat up on dads. What we want to do today is we want to see what it is that we're doing right and then see how it is that we can, can improve in some of the other areas. You know, I think the book of Proverbs speaks to, to each of our minds wherever they may be. And one of the reasons I've enjoyed this series on Proverbs so much is that it's been easy for us to find the different verses and scriptures because we're drawing from just 31 pages that are in your Bible. And so go ahead and take your Bible right now and turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, where we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Uh, Solomon is going to take us in three different directions that I think we need to look at this Father's Day. And so let me show you uh, what I mean here. Uh, Proverbs 4, verses 1 through 4 reads, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. 
Then he taught me and said to me, take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. And Solomon goes on to describe the instruction his father gave him years and years before. And he gives the same instruction to the reader of Proverbs. And so the first direction we see in Proverbs chapter 4 is that your mind is on your father. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? It's Father's Day. And so Solomon writes something here that's been passed on to him from his father. And some of you really resonate with that. You, you have great thoughts of your dad. You have so many good thoughts. You think of experiences. You, you think of places that you've been together, of things that have occurred. And, and you can resonate with that because you think of your dad and how he passed that faith on to you. My dad was a conductor for the Union Pacific Railroad. He served as an elder in the church. But more importantly than all of those things, he was a Christian. He was a man of integrity. And if I could talk with him today, I would tell him that. And I would thank him for his example. I was so blessed with a godly role model. You know, homes don't just happen by accident. And for you, Solomon's words here really ring with the power of true testimony if you had a dad like that. Godly instruction really does bring life. In fact, you've seen it. Uh, you've experienced it. But think about Solomon's father. Remember who he was? His dad was King David. David, who as a child had killed Goliath, this giant David, who was anointed to be the next king over powerful Israel. And you see, this is not just two generations, though. It goes beyond just a father and a son. It's a father reflecting on what he learned from his father and what he, in turn, hopes to pass along to his son. And so look back in your Bible at Proverbs chapter 4 at that beginning passage where he says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. And then a little further on, he says, for I too was a son to my father. Do you see that there? That's three generations. That's the sons. Uh, that's Solomon and Solomon's father. Solomon is the bridge, the connecting point between the grandfather and the grandson. Now, I've just got to know, uh, how many of you are grandparents? Uh, if you're a grandparent, that's exciting. And you know that, that the saying is true. If I would have known grandchildren could bring so much fun, I would have had them first. <laughs> but so many of you are great examples of keeping that spiritual torch being passed along. And here in Proverbs, we see these three generations, David, Solomon, and now his children. And they're trying to pass down God's wisdom. And I'm aware that some of you men didn't have anyone to teach you what it was to be a man of God. And I realize you hear me tell stories about my dad, and maybe you say to yourself, well, you know what? That's a far cry from what my dad was like. And a lot of you didn't have someone to teach you how to be a dad. Some young ladies didn't have a father who really impressed upon you what true beauty is. Some of you men, you didn't have, a, as a little boy, a, a man who showed you what real strength was. But before you get too fixated on the idea, catch your breath. Grasp the reality. There are no 
perfect dads. There are no perfect parents. Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, didn't always have a father who was a great role model. I mean, his dad, King David, was a good dad, but he wasn't a perfect dad. David wasn't always perfect. You recall he committed adultery. He did so with Bathsheba, and Bathsheba will end up being Solomon's mom. David basically had Bathsheba's husband put to death in battle, and yet the scriptures refer to him as a man after God's own heart. And so evidently, David was a good man with a good heart who made some poor choices. That's a good description of many of us, I think. Solomon had a broken family with broken relationships. Solomon's dad was at war almost as much as he was at home. And part of the time, David was at war with Solomon's brother, Absalom. And so this isn't the, the Cleaver family, right? Instead, this is a family filled with dysfunction and strife and infidelity. And so not all of our minds go back to our father. Sometimes your mind is on yourself as a father. That's the second area. You know, if you've been blessed with children, uh, you know, do I have what it takes, you ask yourself. Have I done a good job? Is, is it too late for me to get back on course? I mean, every dad listening today, we're all conscious of plenty of mistakes that we have made, right? I mean, that's true. And the question is whether or not we allow those thoughts to consume us. And if so, then we're looking at a life from the wrong perspective. Chris Harrell says, we tend to become what we focus on. When we're consumed with who we wish we weren't, we move closer to failure and guilt. In other words, don't dwell on your past mistakes. Give those things up to the Lord. Repent of them. Focus on how you can change and how you can be made new in Christ. And Solomon has some wise counsel for you, and it comes in the form of a challenge. Look back in our text here at Proverbs chapter 4, and look at verse 14, where Solomon says this. He says, Do not set do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. And so this is part of David's advice to Solomon and part of Solomon's advice to his son. Don't even step in the way of the wicked. Now that sounds like pretty strong admonition, and yet David and Solomon couldn't stick with it themselves. You say, well, you know, Solomon can give advice. I mean, he's a guy in the Bible, and so we ought to listen to him. Well, well, sure, we should listen to him, but also understand that he didn't always practice what he preached. And as we examine his life, we realize that he made a lot of mistakes. In 1 Kings chapter 3, it says that he offered sacrifices to false gods. In 1 Kings chapter 6, and then also in 1 Kings chapter 7, it tells us that he took twice as long to build his palace for himself as it took him to build a temple for God. Oh, and one more thing, one other small detail. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And if that's not bad enough, many of them were not Israelites, which was in direct opposition to God's command. And so Solomon didn't listen to his own advice. He didn't listen to the advice from David because David made mistakes too. 
And Solomon didn't give this advice because he was perfect. Solomon gave this advice because the advice came from a source that is and was perfect. It came from God himself. It was a revelation from God, and Solomon knew that he didn't have to be perfect in order for it to be right and true. It's kind of like in the New Testament where we read that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Uh, the New King James Version says it this way, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And so that means that you don't do everything that the Apostle Paul did, but in the areas in which he followed Christ, then you try to follow him. And so when Solomon tells his sons to listen to his wisdom, to, to this wisdom, it's not because he has always followed it himself, but it's because it's what God commands. God's wisdom is still wise, even in spite of our foolish choices. And some of the most powerful wisdom comes from people who have learned the hard way, and they've made mistakes, and they've learned from their mistakes, and they've humbled themselves enough to be honest about the wrong turns that they may have made. And they even say to their kids, you know what? Hey, when I was your age, I made this mistake, or I went down this path, or I had this stretch where I was away from God. Learn from me. Don't do it. It's not worth it. A great verse for dads to remember, I think, is found in James chapter 1, verse 22, where James writes, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You see, our goal is to grow in Christ-likeness. And this passage continues in James chapter 1, and it tells us that God's Word is kind of like a mirror to us. When you got up this morning and took a shower and got out of the shower, started getting dressed and ready, you probably looked in the mirror. Why? Well, you wanted to see what adjustments you needed to make. You know, do I need to comb my hair? Do I need to shave? Do I need to put makeup on? You looked and then you said, I've got some adjustments so that, uh, to make so that this reflection looks the way I want it to look. And James makes it very clear in James chapter 1 when he says, this is your mirror. He says, this is what you look to. And you open up God's Word, and you see how your life lines up with what God's Word teaches. And in the areas which it doesn't line up, you dig into God's Word. And through prayer and through uh, the support of other Christians, you know, as iron sharpens iron, and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, in time you will start to have a better reflection. In fact, in time, you'll start to look like God, and people will catch a glimpse, of him, a glimpse of Him. And you might say, well, you know what, David? I'll never have that type of reflection. Well, you know what? We'll never look like God, but I want you to look more like God next week than you did this week. I want you to begin to realize that through the power of the Holy Spirit that He can transform us. And if you think, well, I'm never going to be good enough, or I dread Father's Day, or I've blown it it's so many times as a dad, hey, understand this. With God, there is always room to make beauty from ashes. 
With God, truth always wins, even if you failed at times. With God, there is always another chance. And so don't give up. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do this. You can be a godly dad who passes that baton of faith on to the next generation. You can allow God to work in and through you, even with your imperfections. Max Lucado says, let your failures refine you, not define you. Let your failures refine you and not define you. Turn in your Bible uh, just a few pages to the right to Proverbs chapter uh, 23. Uh, and, and, and just uh, we want to look here together at Proverbs 23 verse 24. This could be the description of you in the years to come, dads. Uh, verse 24 says, The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. And your child will evaluate you on the whole, not on the part. And so learn from the past. Don't live in the past. Recently, I watched a video clip on a friend's Facebook page of the wedding of a couple that I, I don't know them. You don't know them. Their names are Leah Nash and Ryan Bridgman. They're both members of the church where my Facebook friend ministers. They both have come from solid spiritual homes. And when it came time for their wedding vows, they each read their personalized vows that they had written. But the other person had, had not yet heard them or read them or uh, had any inkling of what they said. And I want you to hear what both of them said in their vows. But I also want you to pay particular attention to what Leah says toward the conclusion of her vows. She's a daddy's girl, and I think you're going to draw some takeaways on this Father's Day from her comments. And so watch this with me. Leah, as I take you to be my wife, I pray that God molds me to be the husband of your dreams, but more importantly, a husband in whom he is pleased. You are truly a gift from God, and I promise to spend the rest of my life treating you as such. I will cherish you, I will cherish you always, and never take you for granted. I will love you and be faithful to you alone. I will be a strong spiritual leader in our home through good times and bad, in joy and in pain. When you need encouragement, I will be there to build you up. When you need support, I will be the rock for you to stand on. I love you, Leah. And it is with all my heart that I make this pledge to you and to God. I read these before he started, so I got the Kleenex for me. <laughs> Ryan Daniel Bridgman, you are quite simply the love of my life. In you, I have found my most trusted confidant, my greatest cheerleader, my spiritual leader, and perhaps most importantly, my best friend. You are kind, gentle, loving, caring, and thoughtful, and all around perfect. Since I was a little girl, I have always wondered if I'd ever find a man as good as my father. 
However, today that question has been answered in you. And today my biggest worry is will our future daughters ever find a man as wonderful and as endearing as you? And I pledge that I will care for you deeply, champion your causes, and love you forever. Thank you for making my life. Love, Leah. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Leah turns and she looks back at her dad and she says, Since I was a little girl, I always wondered if I would ever find a man as good as my father. However, today that question has been answered in you. And today my biggest worry is for our future daughters. Will they ever find a man as wonderful as you are? You know, those are words that every Christian father would love to hear. In that moment, Leah gave a blessing to her father and to her husband. But that wouldn't have happened if her dad hadn't poured into her for the previous 20 plus years. Do you realize what Leah was doing? Throughout her entire life and into adulthood, she was looking for a man who was a reflection of her dad. And she found one. Well, what was David doing when he instructed Solomon in wisdom? What was Solomon doing when he instructed his sons? They were passing on reflections of their earthly fathers, yes, but it went even deeper than that. They wanted their sons to somehow see a reflection of their heavenly father. And so there's one more brief stop on this journey. On Father's Day, our minds are in many different places. You can't just pin down one. Some of you, you think about your father. Others of you, you've been blessed with kids, and so you think about yourself as a father. But this Father's Day, don't forget the most important direction to look, and that is your mind needs to also be on your heavenly Father. I mean, think about your Heavenly Father. Try as hard as we may, we will never be perfect or anywhere close to it. But there is one who was and is perfect. And so don't miss the presence of God on this day. And one of the reasons for the Proverbs of a father to a son is because as much as a father might want to make all of the decisions for his kids, Ultimately, every person makes his or her own decisions and choices and is responsible for them. Some of the very best parents that I know have had their hearts broken by their kids. Some of the worst or completely absent parents that I've known, their kids somehow have turned out to make wise decisions and not be anything like their parents. I can think of some friends who didn't have a dad or whose dad was far away from God, and, but still they were able to overcome the odds and tune into a relationship with the Lord and with His Word, and they broke that cycle. They just broke it. You see, God has the power to take our fears and to conquer them in the name of Jesus Christ. God has the power to give us true wisdom that can only come from the Father. God has the power to take that past that, that we have and transform it into an incredible new future. John Dulligan served as the National Golf Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
In an interview a few years ago, someone asked him, please tell us a little bit about your family and, and how you came to faith. And this is the story that John told that day. He said, my father was Irish. He was an alcoholic. If he, if he had been drinking, you would have to, you just want to stay clear of him, he said. You didn't want to be in the same house that he was in. He said, I remember in high school one time I came home from a date. I got home 10 minutes after my curfew. And as soon as I walked in, uh, as soon as I walked in that door, I could smell the alcohol. My dad had been drinking. He was drunk and he had waited up for me. And since I was 10 minutes late, the first thing that he did was jacked my jaw and almost put me through the drywall. He said, I hated my dad. I despise my dad. But he said, through time, our family became Christians. Everyone that is, except for my dad, he said. And he continued on in his story and he said, he would in, we would invite my father to come to church with us, but he wanted nothing to do with it. And so we just began praying that somehow he would be receptive to the gospel, but nothing happened. And so we continued to pray and we continued to pray and, and we continued to go to church. But then he said, one night we had an evangelist in and, and we had a revival service at our church. It was one of those week-long revivals and every night we were there. And he said, one night during that revival, unbeknownst to us, our dad came in and he stood in the back of the church. He just stood in the back and he listened to this evangelist as he preached the gospel. John said, we had no idea he was there. But can you imagine, he said, can you imagine our surprise when at the invitation time and the song was sang, and as we stood to begin singing, he said, from the back of the room, my dad came walking forward. That night, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And John Dulligan said, I read in my Bible or I read in my Bible where Jesus turned water into wine. He said, that's nothing he said, I saw Jesus turn hatred into love. And in time, through the power of Jesus Christ, my dad, the man who was my worst enemy because of Jesus, became my best friend. Folks, our Heavenly Father specializes in transformation. God has the power to give us life. The very thing that is promised to us in Proverbs. And to close out this morning, I just want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3 for a moment. Just flip to Proverbs chapter 3, and I just want to read for you the opening verses there. This is a good summation of all that we're talking about in uh, this series of messages. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Would you pray with me today? Our Father in heaven, we come to you right now, and 
We come to you as our Heavenly Father. And as your children, we ask that you do your work in our lives. And Lord, if there are dads who are watching, who are listening today, who feel like they don't measure up, will you remind them that you specialize in transformation and that, and that all you're waiting for, all you're longing for is just, just to say, just for them to say, help, I surrender. I can't do this on my own. So, Lord, we come to you today as dads or as moms, as sons, as daughters, as grandparents, as great-grandparents, as children. And we say, Lord, please do a work in my life. Help me to find wisdom in your word and not only to find it, but to do it and to live by it. It's in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray these things. Amen.